Naaman, his name means pleasant, commander of the army of Syria, was a great and honorable man, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, meaning the king of Syria. Why? Because by him, notice, Jehovah had given victory to Syria. There's an acknowledgement here that it wasn't even the wonderful uh, planning of the king of Syria, nor was it this Naaman that gave the victory. They understood that it was God. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Naaman was a chief military commander of a persistent enemy to both Israel and Judah. As recently as the days of Ahab and Jehoshaphat, Syria had fought and won against Israel. His position and success made him a great and honorable man, and personally, he was a mighty man of valor. Naaman had a lot going for him, but what he had against him was devastating. He was a leper, which meant that he had a horrible, incurable disease that would slowly result in his death. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he begins chapter 5 in the book of Second Kings. Why don't we go ahead and get seated and uh, open your Bibles, if you would, to uh, the Old Testament book of 2 Kings. We're going to be looking at the fifth chapter, and let's just get right into it. We're going to read the entire chapter and then come back to it. Notice what it says here in verse 1 of chapter 5. It says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria, he was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife, and then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel, Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? 
Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. And then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Far, uh, Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? And so he turned and he went away in a rage. And his servants came to him and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and he dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all of his aides, and came and stood before him, and he said, Indeed, now I I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. But he said, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. So Naaman said, Then, if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth, For your servant will no longer offer either burnt offering or sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord Jehovah. Yet in this thing may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the temple of Rimon to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow down in the temple of Rimon, when I bow down in the temple of Rimon, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. And then he said to him, Go in peace. And so he departed from him a short distance. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman this Syrian, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him, and he said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Indeed, just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garments. So Naaman said, Please, take two talents. And he urged him, and he bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments, and he handed them to two of his servants, and they carried them on ahead of him. And when he came to the citadel, he, he took them from their hand and stored them away in the house. And then he let the men go, and they departed. Now he went in and stood before his master, and Elisha said to him, Where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant didn't go anywhere. And then he said to him, Did not my heart go with you? When the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it a time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous as white as snow. Quite an interesting passage, isn't it? You know, just seeing this this ungodly man from an ungodly country, 
And I, and I think of what a wonderful witness this is for a, a king of Syria to, to hear from a Jewish girl that, you know, there is a prophet who can heal. God has anointed him and, and is using him. And if you send Naaman to this prophet, he can be healed. He can be healed. And, and, and really, what, a, what an unfortunate thing for the king to admit that out of all of his gods that he worships, Hadad Ramon is one of the gods, one of the false gods that was worshipped in Syria. But yet that god was not able to heal. That god was not able to help Naaman one bit. He was impotent. He didn't have any power. And I love this because God is showing again to all the countries around Israel, there is no one like Jehovah. Amen? There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. Right? There is. There's no one like him. No one can match him. He who created all things. He who spoke everything into existence. No one can match our God. He's the creator. He created all things. You and I become so comfortable with that thought, but yet the world around us still doesn't believe that. They, they still believe that somehow there was some kind of uh, billion years, billions and billions and billions of years of somehow some kind of chemical processes coming together. Folks, if you understand anything about thermodynamics, the second law of thermodynamics, if you understand anything about genetics, we don't evolve. We are, we are falling apart. And for those of you who are older than 65, you're going, amen, brother. Right? We're, we're, we're going from a place of being all together to a place of degrading. And that's been going on forever since the beginning of Adam. Even our lifespan has changed dramatically after the flood, after the canopy in the heavens was broken apart, and all of a sudden those rays from the sun are now um, increasing our ages and, and causing us to die faster, not to mention all the diseases and, the, and the, just the diminution in the genetic structure starting to unravel. We're seeing more diseases and more deformities. And yet God created it all. And he knew everything that was happening. He knows everything that's happening now. Don't fear, folks. You know, there, there's plenty of things to be discouraged about in our country right now. And, and I'll be honest with you, I've been discouraged. And sometimes I have to read that psalm from David, I think it was. He says, you know, why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope in God. I'm like, yes, thank you for that. I need to hear that, David. You've been dead a long time, and yet your words are still reverberating in my heart and giving me encouragement. Because it's the Spirit of God. Let's go back to verse 1. Notice, Naaman, his name means pleasant. And I'm sure he wasn't a pleasant man, but I am sure that after this happened to him, where God healed this this idol-worshipping hired killer. Think of that. From a nation of ungodly people that worshipped ungodly deities. Demons, the Bible calls them. That's really what they are. They're not gods at all. They're demons. Don't you love the grace of God that he would be willing to heal a man that comes from that land doing what he does 
And yet nothing can stop God from touching a heart. I don't care what you've done with your life. I don't care if you're a serial killer. If you are sincerely repentant and you give your heart to Christ, you're going to heaven. More so than some of the priests in some synagogue or in some churches who walk around in their robes and their vestments, but little does anybody know they're drunks and they're molesting children. A serial killer can get to heaven before he does. Actually, he might not even make it at all if he doesn't turn from his sin and be born again, right? But notice, Naaman, his name means pleasant, commander of the army of Syria, was a great and honorable man, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, meaning the king of Syria. Why? Because by him, notice, Jehovah had given victory to Syria. There's an acknowledgement here that it wasn't even the wonderful uh, planning of the king of Syria, nor was it this Naaman that gave the victory. They understood that it was God. God had given them the victory. But notice, he was also a mighty man of valor, which means he was a man of efficiency. He was a man of wealth. He was a man of of strength. But there was a problem because he was a leper. He was a leper. And leprosy in the Bible was a skin disease that turned the hair on your body white and even your skin would turn white in color. And a person with leprosy was doomed to a life of separation, loneliness, and even death depending on the type of the disease that they had unless they were miraculously healed. We're not going to go there tonight um, in all of its entirety. We'll look at a few verses here, and I'll just read them to you for the sake of time. But I would encourage you to write Leviticus 13 off in the margin of your Bible, because it's a fairly lengthy chapter, and the Bible goes into great pains about describing how to diagnose leprosy, what it was, and how, to, and how they would go through and, and verify and, and, and shut somebody up for a season to see if it indeed was leprosy. There's a lot of Uh, rules and things that they did to verify that, and it's all written there. But notice in Leviticus 13, verse 45, I'll, I'll just read it to you. But it was a life of inconvenience. It was a lonely life unless you were cured. It says in verse 45, Leviticus 13, it says, Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean, unclean, and he shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and shall be and shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And so now you've got somebody, while they're dealing with this, unless they're healed somehow, a life of loneliness and sometimes even death. I know today there's a a disease called Hansen's disease, and there's two different varieties of it. One is called the lepra... um, Lepromatose uh, uh, type, I guess is how you pronounce it. It begins with a brownish red spot on your face or your ears, your forearms, thighs, or that later become thickened nodules and you'll lose your skin covering. They will become ulcers or sores with loss of tissue and then contraction and then deformity. And, 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 and then there's another kind called the tuberculoid type, and it's characterized by numbness in an, of an infected area of the skin and deformities such as fingers like claws resulting from paralysis and consequent muscle atrophy. And this is the kind of 
leprosy that we think of, but not all leprosy that I just described to you from Hansen's disease was necessarily the leprosy of the Bible. We don't know. It doesn't mention that particular uh, uh, flavor of it, if you will. But leaven, leaven in the Old Testament was used, as we know, in dough. And I bring up leaven because leaven is like leprosy. And leaven is also a type of sin. But in the Old Testament, it was used to dough, to cause, it was like yeast, to cause a, uh, a dough ball to rise. Like you, ladies, when you make bread, the similar thing. And because a little yeast is all that's required to cause the dough to rise, it represented sin. Because isn't that what sin is in our life? We, we let a little bit in, and, and that sin, whatever it is, is not content just to stay in this little corner of our life. No, it, it, it's, it's desire. It, 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 it takes on a life of its own. And certainly the enemy of our soul, Satan, wants that sin. It, it, it's never content. It never stays contained, but it spreads like leaven does, like yeast does in bread. And there were other characters in the Bible that had leprosy or had bouts with leprosy. We know even Miriam, Moses' sister. It tells us in Numbers chapter 12, verse 10, that because of her rebellion, she came down with leprosy, but was healed, praise the Lord. We know that King Uzziah, the king of Judah, because of his pride, he was struck with leprosy, and he actually died a leper. He wasn't healed of that. And leprosy was still occurring in the New Testament, even when Jesus was walking the earth, and it was spoken of as a type of sin. And again, a type of sin because it lies right underneath the skin. You can't see it. Like sin in us. I could be harboring some deep, dark sin in my life or in my heart. None of you can see it, but God can see it. And yet, if left unchecked, that sin manifests itself. It it, it produces in me actions. And then I, I start to act out on those things. And before long, that sin that was under the skin and quiet where nobody could see, now all of a sudden wants to have a personality. It wants to express itself in ways that are evil. And that's why we see the things that we see in the world. It's sin like leprosy that's just broken out. And now there's no containing it. It's like a raging wildfire that is unquenchable. And we see people running around like that. And that why is that important? It's important that we come to Christ. It's, it's important that we read the Word of God and let the Word of God be the thing and the Spirit of God to, to, to quench this nature of mine, to take me and to keep me accountable and, and to change my heart. I mean, when you read the Bible, read it as if you're like, Lord, I want this to touch me. I want this to uh, infect me in every possible way. Because, listen, you and I both know this, that in the world, it's going to infect you. It is like leaven, and it's going to invade into your ears and your eyes, and every part of you, if you're not careful, it's going to take over. And, And folks, you and I are the only ones in the world that can testify that Jesus Christ... And the Spirit of God who dwells in me, the very Spirit of Jesus Christ resides in me, quelling those things, crushing them, not allowing them to express themselves, because boy, that sin wants to express itself in so many wicked ways. And God, thank God for his Holy Spirit. So glad he saves me, he saved saved me, and he saved you. Read the Word of God and let it infect every party. Let it wash your soul like a heavenly dove bar. Pun intended, by the way. Dove. Yes, the dove bar. 
just scrubbing me on the inside, cleaning up all the darkness, every area of my life. Will you let God do that tonight? Let him do it. But leprosy was under the skin and it spread that way sometimes, completely infecting a person quietly. And then all of a sudden it just breaks out, just like yeast. And that's why drug abuse and pornography, they usually starts off small and then grows to such horrific monumental things. Drug use, you know, when you're a little kid, you start off with sniffing a little bit of Elmer's glue. Then you go up to, you know, the, um, you know, the super glue. That's a little bit more potent. You spray, you get some of that and wow, wow, then that's not enough. Then you got to do marijuana. Then you got to do cocaine. And then you got to melt or freebase heroin and inject it in your arm. It's a stepping stone. Every single thing is a stepping stone. The same thing with pornography for young men. It's, it's, it's first a catalog, you know, a Sears catalog. And then next thing you know, it's an advertisement on a legitimate website. Even Fox News, you, you know, I don't understand why, why do they put that stuff on Fox News or any, anything, you know? It's like you can't even watch an article without seeing, you know, something off to the side. And then that's not enough. Then here I am dating myself. Then the magazines, the porn magazines, then all of a sudden that's not not quite enough. Then now, oh, every teenager has smartphones, even these young men. Do you know how pervasive pornography is amongst the teenagers, young preteens? It would shock all of us, even within the church. Many men in the church are hooked on pornography. Not every man, of course, but there are many who struggle. And even ladies now are engaging in this stuff. And folks, we have to take... And then pretty soon, that doesn't become enough. And then it's, gotta, then it's gonna lead to actions. And then we see these horrible things that happen in our culture. But a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Just a little bit of leaven. Just a little bit of leaven. Jesus in Matthew 16 said this, He was speaking of the sin of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He says, Now when his disciples had come to the other side of the Galilee, they had forgotten to take bread. And then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we've taken no bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Oh, you of little faith. Why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the, and the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor of the seven loaves and the 4,000 on the other occasion and how many ba- large baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I don't speak to you concerning bread, but to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not... Tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The doctrine of the leaven, it it was the sin of the Pharisees and the scribes and and the Sadducees. They had all the right words to say. They were teaching the right things most of the time, but the big difference is they wouldn't do them. They would expect everybody else to do them, and they stayed in their highbury towers, you know, with their robes, looking down with a pious pucker on their face. The leaven. Paul speaking to the Corinthians. He spoke to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and 
Uh, you can read it yourself, but in the first eight verses, but I'll just start with verse six. He says, you're glorying. They, they were glorying in some of the liberties which they had taken that they thought that they had in Christ, but now their liberty was going a little too far. They were allowing it to go a little too far. And so Paul takes them to task with it. And he says, your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.